All right. Gordon is here, and here. Uh, okay. Um, Judge counts down as normal. So uh, yeah. three, two, one. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to this fourth episode of the Beyond the Sea cast. Um I am Val and as always I am joined by Conrad. Hello Conrad, how are you doing today? Hello Val, yeah man, I'm doing really, really good. It's been a good day. Mm. Um a very good we're recording mm. which is Monday, so mm. yeah. Very happy. Yeah, a, a very good day. I was going to point out to towards the the big announcement of the day, but I, I'll since you're the pretty much um, the the head behind behind everything behind everything, I should say. Uh, I'll let you introduce the the big news before moving on to the actual content of the of this episode. Okay, so yeah, the big news, uh, I guess, is um, we have relaunched. Mm. Hang on a second. Okay, so yeah, sorry about that. Um, no worries. Uh, so yeah, the um, the big news this week, I guess, is uh, the relaunch from Chopkick to Near Falls to Near Falls Media, um, which is very exciting. We've got a very snazzy-looking new website hmm. and uh, got some new writers, including you, Val. It's very, yeah. very exciting time. Mm -mm. It's true. Yeah, I'll be I'll be a part of the auto -write writing team uh, from now on, and yeah, starting. Uh, Starting this next month of April, uh, of April um, we're going to be producing some nice, night some very nice content content on the site, uh, as well as the as well as the as this this podcast this podcast episode. So um, now now starting with the with the actual um, first topic of this episode, we're gonna quickly uh, look at the full card for the for next week next week's event, uh, the Arisa Nakajima Produce Show, fifteenth. Uh, um, occurring on April second. Uh, it's a, this show essentially is the Arisen Kajima um, 15 anniversary show. Pretty much, like it's not, it's not exactly said like that, but that's pretty much what it is. Um, as for the card itself, we start with Yuna Manaze, um, which you may know from previous work in Stardom, but mainly these last few years in Tokyo Joshi Pro, um, facing Riko Kaiju. Then we've got a six-woman battle royal uh, featuring Arisa Nakajima, Shikayo Nagashima, Ayame Sazamura of 2AW, uh, Tsukasa Fujimoto, Tsukushi Aruka, and Itsuki Haoki. Then we've got um, our semi, well, yeah, some pretty much semi main event, uh, a tag team match between, well, no, I shouldn't say between, I should say featuring uh, Nanai Takahashi, Onori Hana, Asuka, and Rina Yamashita. Uh, the specificity of this match is that there will be some sort of lottery um, determining the pairings, so who knows what the pairing will look like, and that should be something interesting to look at uh, next week and finally the main event the big six woman tag match uh, between all wrestlers um, which started their careers in 2006 so we have of course Arisa Nakajima teaming with Nagisa Nozaki and Hanako Nakamori facing Dashi Sako and Hiroyu Matsumoto as well as Makoto so uh, as for the card itself uh, we Already had news of the of the main event last week. Um, is there anything besides that that you would be looking forward to? 
Um, I think kind of like the mystery elements to the um, to the Asuka, Rina Yamashita, uh, Nana and Hanori Hana match. Mm. It kind of seems like something quite interesting, and they could have just like announced like this is who's wrestling and like this is how it's going to happen, and then it'd mm. be a bit more predictable. But I quite like the unpredictability of that, and then obviously like the, um, the high speed uh, battle royal. Yeah. Um, high speed match royal is a lot of fun, so um, I think it'll be fun. Uh, here, I don't think there'll be any difference, but yeah, I think it's a quite a solid card, and I'm looking forward to watching it um, as and when. Yeah, absolutely. Like pretty solid card, like for for an event which isn't, which is most likely going to be more light-hearted and yeah, more fun in general. It's a pretty solid card, and as usual, we should be expecting lots of lots of very good wrestling. Um, and the other thing that we can point out towards. This specific show is the appearance of Bull Nakano. We already talked about this last week, but again, she will be appearing for a mini talk event. So, again, who knows what what will what will this look like? Who will be featured, and maybe that's going to be fun as well. Um, now that we've now that we've talked a little bit about this show, we're going to move on to the bigger um, the, the bigger part of this of this episode, which is the uh, this week's match discussion. Um, today we went on a, a match which we both discovered um, during the, um, when we did um, the CKNF podcast episode on uh, the seedling guide, and that's a match that we discovered uh, while we pr- were preparing the, um, this episode. Um, the match we're going to be talking about is Nanai Takahashi facing Go Shiozaki of Pro Wrestling Noah at the Seedling Endless Summer event from. Um, September September fifth, two thousand eighteen. Um, what I'm gonna ask you, Conrad, simply is, what are what are your thoughts about this match, and what do you think about it? Um, generally speaking, it was probably someone that's kind of like sitting on the fence, I guess, with them to do wrestling and like the mm. idea of it, and kind of the presentation can be quite hit and miss. Like sometimes it kind of borders like pre- predictable, but kind of. I don't know. Some of it kind of like seems in like weird taste, I guess. Like not mm. bad taste, but like some of it's a bit like, oh, that's not the best. But mm. um, yeah, this is probably the best intergender match that I've seen. It was like it felt realistic all the way through. Um, both uh, told their kind of like played their roles like really, really well, and kind mm. of go with kind of this like imposing kind of bully type character. And um, I kind of went from kind of thinking, well. Is completely gonna like dominate this match, and I kind of completely rooting for Nana and kind of thinking, like, I kind I need to see you win now because, like, there's just that much investment. But yeah, it, it was really, really good. And mm. just um, seeing the pictures after the match, um, and just kind of like the marks, marks, and uh, and Nana from Ghost Drops, mm. and but she, uh, she lost like, um. I think she lost a tooth or two. Yeah, um, yeah. You you can tell at the at the end of the match. You can tell. <laughs> but yeah, uh, th- this match um, for me, like you you called it like one of the of the best. Like you like no, literally called it the best inter- intergender match that you've seen. It would definitely be one of the best that I've seen as well. I I really like the the dynamic that they went with, uh, which. Uh, for I'm gonna I'm gonna compare a little to the um, Western intergender matches that I've seen or or sequences of intergender matches that I've seen. Um, what I liked about this match, 
was that they didn't really try to force the idea of um, I guess I guess equality equity um, is the word I'm looking for uh, between be, between be, between both Go and Nanai like you could you could tell that there was going to be a physical difference and they and they 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 just played on that during the whole match um, Go being really being portrayed as this pretty much um, not, not not exactly force of nature, but you see the you, you see the idea like he's just so much stronger, and then I barely can get barely can get him down like maybe three times during the the whole match. It's it's actually quite impressive and definitely something which which is um, a little extraordinary compared to um, to what you see usually of Shiozaki in pro wrestling Noah. Like it's definitely it's definitely different. Um, you don't see Shiozaki pretty much no selling offense like that. You don't see him look quite as dominant, and obviously the context of this match helps, um, or the setup I should say. But yeah, like seeing go seeing go in that role and seeing him, uh, especially being great at it, uh, was definitely a refreshing sight. And to to speak a little bit about Nanai as well. Um, she plays the underdog underdog role so well. Like it's like I I could I could already tell uh, watching her from now um, for pretty much yeah a little bit more than a year uh, that she was a really compelling wrestler, someone it it was rather easy to root for and just to get behind. But here in this match and the way the crowd reacts um, as well helps um, putting some emphasis. Um, Onto what I'm what, I, what I'm trying to say here is, yeah, it's she. He is um, m probably one of the the most compelling wrestlers I can think of, uh, just in terms of how easy to to root for her as you uh, as you were pointing out as well. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm um, just like quickly going back to like Shizaki's role, mm. kind of watching him in like, last year in like 2020, kind of like this kind of. I guess you could call him like a noble kind of hero and mm. like he kind of fought like really kind of like clean cut of like the ace kind of yeah. figure for Noah and it was it was nice but then you kind of hear and just I think the beard there was something about the beard that kind of made him kind of or like kind of added to kind of this presentation of him is kind of it's kind of like grimier and it's kind of darker than kind of like the light mm. kind of the white knight, I guess, of Noah the Goat was last year, um, and it was it was just really, really well, um, mm. really well presented, and kind mm. of um, going back to kind of the last intergender match that I properly watched, which was I think it was Osprey versus Priestley from um, the Wrestle Talk No Fan show last year, yeah. mm. and that was okay, but I think they kind of pushed the idea a bit too much, and it was like, well. Oh, there's no chance that B could win this, like, because mm. Will's the big strong man, and I don't think they did anything to really change that, mm. like, the, change that perception on the part of the fans. But then, as I watched this, and I was kind of like, well, I'm sure that Go is going to win. And obviously, I read the result before, and I knew that Go was going to win. But then mm. you kind of, you, I was really rooting for Nanai by mm. like around like 10 minutes or so in, and like I really, really rooting for Nanai. Just like I really, I need you to win and beat this. Like, I, I need to beat Go, and it's. It was just, it was really good, like mm -hmm. really enjoyable stuff, and, uh, and I think 
like, I remember last week and I said about the headfoots and that match being a bit kind of like taken away from it but I think here it really added to it and kind mm. of it made it to kind of like took it to that next level and the fact that they were just kind of done um, as things were like really picking up and mm. kind of really added to that drama and the intensity yeah and that, that's very well said um, what it's pr with this match it's almost all about the little things um, you pointed out you pointed out the presentation and just the um, uh, ghost look during this match which really um, is so much different from the go we are used to right now um, with with, with just the, with just the hair and the cl and uh, him being clean shaven you have you have a bit of a different contrast which is interesting and the way he behaves during that match with Nanai also puts um, a bit of a contrast there um, there's that moment earl, uh, quite early in the match where um, Go takes Nanai to the outside he body slams her like twice and once on the on the actual floor of Korokan and he, go, he goes back he goes back to the ring he's being uh, actually quite he's being quite respectful actually like he's He's actually um, doing a doing a head sign, a ha hand sign, like telling Nai to come back to the ring, essentially. And as Nanae comes back, she has that little moment where she, which she slaps to the ring and she's yelling at Go. With and that was one of those moments, and you have plenty of little like screaming moments like that, where you can tell they're they're both rallying each other in a sense to to. I guess rise the level of intensity of this match and it definitely works um, and the other thing that struck out to me and for the people who don't want to um, because I'm gonna be talking about the finish, finishing stretch here so if people wanna uh, preserve themselves from I guess that little bit of spoiler uh, you can move um, you can move forward for a minute for a minute or two a minute or a minute or two and uh, yeah, that that finishing stretch, like you have go uh, eating his go and laureate, and laureate, and you think he's going to, you think he's going to, to go for the pin, uh, like pretty much right after. Like you, at this point, you basically basically know that the match is is done. Yet, like as he has been ch uh, chopping uh, Nana throughout the match, and you can tell that there was a big emphasis on the strength of Ghost chops, like. It's like just for the sake of it, I'm gonna chop her again, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna beat her just using a chop, essentially. And I kinda I kinda like this like the symbolic, like it was that little something that which elevated the match to an, to another level for me. I guess like it's one of those little things again, which just yeah make make the match stand out more than like if that didn't happen, it would have been more standard and yeah it just made it stand out yeah that's quite a nice uh, point to make i think when um when go hit larry and then he kind of decided oh you know i'm gonna beat it with a chop and i think that's kind of i saw it as kind of respectful in a way like the fact like he could have just hit the larry and gone for, went for the pin but instead chose to kind of go after something that he'd worked on for the whole match and kind mm. of shows that he wasn't maybe wasn't sure that the larry would have done the job when I think we as fans kind of probably knew that it probably would have. Um, I think that's quite. Um, it is quite a nice touch, and I think um, Joe's facial expressions, like throughout and at the beginning, mm. he was kind of. I don't know. It kind of seemed like he wasn't taking Nanai seriously, and then he gets. We get to the end, and he kind of. It's changed a little bit. And it's like I don't want to kind of beat you now. Like you've kind of proven. 
Mm. Not, not like proving yourself, but kind of like you kind of matched me, I guess. And it was kind of I don't know. He kind of seemed a bit hesitant to kind of end it, just, just like from the brief look on his face. I think um, I think facial expressions in wrestling in general are kind of they can be very hit and miss. But here they were very like they were they were like top tier. Mm, absolutely. It just added so much to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Go's facial expressions early on. It's 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 something we don't talk. I think as quite as much with Go, um, and something which is probably a little bit, I guess, underrated would be the word I would use. Like something along those lines, which is which is pre pretty much is his behavior, which globally is very Kobashi-like in many aspects, yet in this match um, he had this kind of behavior and this uh, and the, fa the facial expressions really play into this as well like you, I'm not quite sure I'm sure if um, he w it wasn't that it was that it wasn't really taken Nanai seriously or f like if that if that was the story of it or if it was just him being like well I'm just gonna be this like anyways like if he he found uh, a great way to present him himself as a dominant force that just couldn't be budged even by by possibly one of the the most uh, compelling and energized uh, Joshi wrestlers that you can find like in Nanai Takahashi which is um, who is actually I should say um, really like we were speaking about facial expressions from Go and and behavior um, Nanai throughout this match it was one of the instances from for me where I was reminded of Hiroshi Tanahashi in certain ways and um, in just the, the, the constant energy and the way to rally the crowd behind her it's like um, yeah I think that's I absolutely agree with that I think just kind of like the ability to kind of rally the crowd when like you're not as in control mm. I think a lot of wrestlers like now they kind of when when they're kind of in control of the match where it's kind of a bit more a bit more comfortable than what it was in uh, this match and they kind of you know they start clapping while they're kind of like not um, like they're not hitting offense or if they're about to kind of start a sequence or something then like you kind of get that more but I think mm. um, I think because here it wasn't a matter of like oh, I'm going to start clapping to get the crowd going but mm. just kind of I'm going to keep fighting and the crowd is going to get along with me and I think yeah. um, I think that's it was really like I really enjoyed that and the fact that they didn't really kind of like need to do that much, uh, need to interact with the crowd that much. Like mm. there was no, like there was there was very few kind of moments where like there was like the clapping or kind of like the appeal to the crowd like come on let's go and mm. it was it was it was nice it was nice like change of pace especially from like I don't know like, I guess like some parts of modern wrestling you kind of see it a bit more and it's kind of you, you get the claps or you get like the appeal to the crowd or you get like some sort of action. Mm. And I, I guess you have to do that in like COVID times, but here it was very. Um, I think it added to added to the match and the feel. Um, I guess in ring actions kind of speak more than any other actions. I guess mm. I can't really think of a better phrase for it, but it was it was brilliant. Yeah, like it's one of those matches which, with basically no story, still managed to make something compelling enough about it and to bounce off um, like. Well, should I say to quickly come back on the um, on um, 
try, trying to get the crowd invested by um, cer certain behaviors, like whether it's clapping or um, or pr pretty much yelling something like 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 whatever. Like it's in in Japanese, it's gonna be something like hikuzo or whatever. Um, like you have you have go, which in certain matches like tends to do that quite a lot. Actually, like is one of those wrestlers which pumps himself and the crowd quite a lot. Like he yells a lot, and in this match, he really doesn't. Like he does. He does it like maybe once, although otherwise he's like trash talking a little bit of that sort of or that sort of thing. But again, he doesn't do it too much. Like for the most part, he's pretty much not budging at all. And and it's up to to Nanae and her selling, uh, which is top notch in this match. Like you like th there were certain sharp chops and Delaria that I def definitely thought like. Certain moves in this match that she sold felt like the she made shops look like an a match ender at certain moments and that was something which well knowing what kind of moves uh, shops are you you've got to do you've got to do a real good job at selling to to actually make me feel that is my point um, and and anyways yeah like that that combination of Go's behavior and him not budging not kind of kind of driving away from the go that we that, that we would expect and Nanae being uh, pr putting on a, a picture perfect underdog performance yeah definitely made this match uh, a great one and i think for both wrestlers and especially for Shiozaki it's prob it's something i didn't necessarily expect myself to say but it's one of the of my favorite matches from both wrestlers like if you ask me my one of my favorite Chiyosaki matches like this one is going this one is going to to come up rather fast because of how unique uh, Shiozaki's role is and if you ask me for Nanae it's yeah the, the underdog performance which isn't something I'm that used to as well uh, I'm more used to seeing a Nanae and which is more yeah more dominant generally and in that case she clearly isn't and here again, it's a bit of a change of pace, and both performers deliver perfectly. So yeah, definitely a great match. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, like as someone that's kind of still kind of, I don't know. I feel like I could be like more familiar with both, and like obviously like this last year has kind of given me the opportunity to kind of go and um, watch like more of their work. And I think yeah, I think this match would definitely find its way into kind of like a list of favorites um, for both. Uh, I'm not sure if it'd be like the favourite, but I think if you had to put like a top five or a top ten, I think it, I think it'd easily find like a spot there. Mm. Um, just because it was it was different, and they kind of it was like I think the ability to play like different roles kind of is a testament to how good a wrestler can be. Like, because mm. like you kind of see some wrestlers and they kind of like sit as a babyface or they sit as like a kind of like bad guy heel, and you don't really see them play many of the um, roles, and you kind of when you kind of make these discussions about like the best wrestlers, and you kind of have to take points away because like, oh like they've only they've only worked as kind of like this dominant bad guy, or they've only worked as like this clean cut underdog babyface, and um, I think here kind of brings up points um, for both to be like considered amongst the best in their um, in their field. Absolutely, and like that whole that 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 whole question about. The best talent is always very difficult to, uh, let's say, 
Yeah, pretty much to answer, um, it depends on what your criteria criteria are and what you prioritize. But you pretty much I agree with you that if like the more roles you are able to play, the more um, uh, the more vi the more variety I should say um, you c you can have um, within the, the kind of yeah character you can portray and being just more than what your quote-unquote original character is and kind of de deviate from from that is definitely definitely it's something we should praise and for and forego here it really works like it's not he's, al he's always been like that that be that, that baby face who's like, who has grew to be to be the to to be the um, the face of his company whatever uh, and seeing seeing him in that in that role which is pretty much different and it w it would be interesting to see a little bit more of that like we have had a bit m a bit of that kind of of go uh, around well during the axis run um uh, mainly in 2019, but it was mostly against uh, the likes of rookies, and you, you didn't have as much edge uh, with Shiozaki as you, as I think this match could allow us to see eventually. Or um, I was gonna like I was gonna add something, and I and I lost myself. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna end my sentence. Yeah, like we can see. Um, like we saw in this match that yeah, like there, there's more for go to be at least he show he shows that there's there's more to him that yeah this babyface character that we have always known and there's more hedge to him and it's definitely something which is which is cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, some of that I kind of think we haven't kind of mentioned as much, mm. but the fact that they've managed to kind of craft these roles so well in like a first time meeting um, mm -hmm. I think it's kind of admirable in itself like I yeah. think if you think of kind of the good baby face and heel kind of dynamics I mm -hmm. think it's going to take a good few matches to kind of properly kind of like master and kind of get get through that feeling mm -hmm. out process of like this is what I'm going to do in like this kind of point or whatever and I think that the fact that they kind of managed to kind of get it from the off in this one match and kind mm -hmm. of condense something that can take like an hour or two of ring work for some wrestlers to get right. I think mm. to get that in like fifteen twenty minutes is really quite something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, it speaks to how talented these two wrestlers are, how how smart in ring performers they are, um, and and not just in ring performance, but uh, even actors in a sense, like um, and the way they just carry themselves. Um, and being able um, through this very simple formula and essentially what is in terms of actual wrestling it is a very basic match like you know like you have a few um, grappling spots um, in the beginning which are still pretty simple yet are executed quite well then it's a lot of then it's a lot of striking and you have by the end of the match you have a huge spot but it's nothing complex at all and I I guess like for a first time meeting and two wrestlers who have, who up to this point like pretty sure they had never crossed um, each other even in like a intergener tag or whatever like I don't even think I 
I stumbled upon one. But yeah, like being able to to take that formula and execute it perfectly, yeah, definitely speaks to to how talented these two these two are and how well I guess they 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 understood they understood their roles and the the last the la the last thing I can say I guess is for for intergender wrestling this match is probably one of one of the references I would I would point people towards um, waiting to see I know um, another uh, Nanai Takashi inter intergender match which. Um, which was the Masato Tanaka uh, one, which I have yet to watch, and I'm very intrigued by as well, because Tanaka is another kind of worker, and I'm definitely interested to eventually watch this one and compare it to the to the one with Shiozaki. Yeah, I think that could be something that could um, perhaps work as like a future episode of this podcast and kind yeah. of sort of draw those comparisons. I think I think that'd be really cool. Absolutely. Um, on that note, did you had um, anything else to add about about the match itself? Um, I think we've pretty much covered everything. But yeah. I, think, uh, I guess um, to those listening, like if you haven't watched this match, then like please, honestly, like find time out of your day. It's twenty minutes. Hmm. Like um, twenty minutes, if that. And I think that's kind of. Um, I don't think word. I think it's one of those matches where like words can't fully kind of explain it. Cause I think that intergender wrestling is still quite like a. I don't know. It's still quite complex, and I think that. Um, I think even we've kind of missed something. Else. So I think it's best to kind of um, just go out and watch it yourself. And mm. just, yeah, it's you won't be disappointed. I don't think so. Yeah, watch it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like we can only recommend uh, people watching this match, and as you said. It's probably one of those which, to fully understand it, you kind of need to watch it just to get the full perception. Well, I guess what I'm saying, I guess what I'm saying, pretty much, pretty much is applicable to most, if not every wrestling match. But there are matches which you, which you really just can't put words to fully describe them and and describe how how big or how or how intense it is and yeah it's like that match is one of those which you just have to to watch for yourself to at least get a grasp of of what the two workers were trying to do and yeah like as you as you said it's definitely a match which I don't think if you watch it and you have some idea of what to expect because like you don't want to raise your expectations too much I think um, you're not. You're definitely not going to be disappointed. Um, anyways, uh, now now that now that we covered pretty much everything, uh, I'm gonna let you close for this episode. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, I think next week we'll, uh, as I mentioned, that will be um, we'll be doing a bit of a review of the um, the Arisa Nakajima mm. uh, produce show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, in the meantime, Val, uh, where can people find you on uh, the old social medias? Well, uh, I, as always, I can be found on Twitter at Magini as well, which is my personal account, and um, on my blog's account at ValTalksPuro for uh, well, pretty much all of my writing work. And of course, now I'm part of the of the Nearfuls media team, so you will also be able to find um, my wrestling narrating series um, up on there um, very soon. 
Um, for those that haven't read it yet, uh, I won't spoil too much, but it's a very, very good series, um, and I'm very excited that we get to have it on uh, on the Near Falls um, kind of catalogue, I guess. Um, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter at El Compacto Newt. Uh, you can find um, Near Falls Media at Near Falls Media, um, and you can find this wonderful podcast uh, at The Seedcast. Um, and again, thank you all very much for watching, and we shall see you next week. Yeah. yeah and don't forget to leave either match recommendations or questions to us for the next episode. Goodbye. Yep. Bye. And we are done recording. Our audacity has not crashed. Perfect. Minus. That's wonderful.